0: Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Tyler and Bush coming at you with our Sunday recap show. This is our uh, our rapid reaction. We just watched the games, the early morning slate uh, and the mid-afternoon slate. And we're going to kind of just be going off the cuff. What we saw, what uh, we kind of observed in the box scores, notable injuries, all that kind of stuff. So, Tyler, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, great. It's 7.45 here on Sunday So please don't get mad at me for not talking about the Cowboys till like the very end of this video and then shitting on them. Um, I feel great. My Dolphins lost. I'm going to get very much used to that this year. I'm hoping we lose every game except one, you know, just to, you know, do that. Uh, Get the first pick and get like the Penny Sewell guy out of Oregon. Let's go. Let's roll. All
0: right. So um, before we get into the first game, we're going to hit the intro and then we're going to see you guys on the other side. So the first game we have up uh, queued up here is the Seahawks versus the Falcons. Uh, the Seahawks came away with this one 38-25. to 25. I think the big story in this one has to be Russell Wilson. 31 of 35 passing, 322 and four touchdowns. Yeah. The dudes, The dude's a fucking stud.
1: Yeah, he was ridiculous. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. This is going to happen to every team that plays Atlanta. Fantasy owners, please take note. You can start guys like Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins because they're going to put on an absolute clinic because the Falcons' defense is not good. We're seeing guys like David Moore fucking run all over this team. Uh, It was just a dominant performance by the offense as a whole. And then back into the game, you're going to get your Matt Ryan garbage time finished with most passing yards for the day and for the week so far. I mean, Matt Ryan's been fantastic when it comes to garbage time. You can always depend on him for that. And my MVP candidate for this upcoming year, Russell Wilson, looked magical, and I'm thrilled.
0: Yeah, and uh, the receivers came through for sure. If you're any kind of PPR league, eight receptions, 92 yards for Tyler Lockett. Four receptions and 95 yards for DK Metcalf, but he did have a touchdown on that one. Uh, the notable thing, I think, for fantasy perspective uh, from this game is Chris Carson. Chris Carson had a good fantasy day, but the thing that's a little concerning to me is he only got six carries. Like, that that's a – like. to me, that's just a little odd. He had six receptions for 45 yards and two touchdowns receiving, but he only had six carries for 21 yards. So, I mean, Carlos Hyde had seven carries. Like they just didn't run the ball that much, which is, I mean, exciting if you're an owner of Russell Wilson or Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, but a little concerning knowing that the tendency of this coaching staff has always been to run the ball.
1: Yeah. He's looking a little bit more valuable in PPR leagues. Uh, I think it was just a blowout. I mean, it it really was ran away with fairly early. Um, It was kind of close at halftime, five-point, not five-point game. It was about a three-point game. But it just started being ran away with uh, towards the end uh, in the third quarter. So I don't know how much I could chalk this up to the fact that, you know, the passing game was just so efficient. And, yeah, they're going to want to run the ball all the time. And even Pete Carroll decides to run when passing game is working. But it was just working so well today. I think they were just rolling with it. Um Carson, six receptions was nice for me. Uh that was uh second on the team, four receptions right behind Tyler Lockett. Uh he looked pretty good in in the highlights that you, you kind of see. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to see a little bit more rushing carries. And Carlos Hyde getting seven is a little scary, a little worrisome, but Carlos Hyde will not be effective in the passing game. They weren't even looking at him. So I don't know where to take that backfield. Again, it was not really a backfield I was highlighting as one that I loved. Um, but what I really wanted to highlight was guys like Lockett and, and Russ, who both went to town. They're obviously working together. Nothing missed in the offseason. Um, eight receptions there for Lockett. Fantastic. I, I mean, I thought it was a really good show uh, by Seattle.
0: Yeah. On the Atlanta side, I mean, Julio does Julio things. Nine receptions for 157 yards. Like, I mean, he had 12 targets. Calvin Ridley, also 12 targets, nine receptions, 130 yards, and two touchdowns, too. So, excellent game if you own Todd or um, Calvin Ridley, not Todd Gurley. Um, another uh, one notable thing here is that Russell gauge with 12 targets, nine receptions, 114 yards. Now I think this is going to be a pattern of Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to have three viable options in the passing game week over week. And it's honestly just going to be a coin flip, whether it's Hurst one week or gauge one week, maybe Julio or, or Ridley have the off week uh, every now and then. I think that's just what you're dealing with with Atlanta. Yeah. It would have been nice if Hearst had more than five targets, three receptions and 38 yards. But I think, the reason for that was Gage having a good game. If Gage didn't have a good game, uh, Hayden Hurst probably would have.
1: Yeah, and we saw Classic Julio puts up a lot of yards, doesn't get a touchdown. You don't really need the touchdown from him. But what I was just thrilled is that the Ridley that we have been hyping up all offseason is there. It, he's there. It, yep. The rookie campaign is through. This guy's fantastic. He, he is really, really good, and we're just going to – consistently see this in wins and losses it does not matter one thing though that I think does need to be pointed out is with Russell Gage getting nine uh, receptions like that yes Hayden Hurst struggled but we're not seeing the reception game out of Todd Gurley he only had two receptions he had one yard to even come out of that what I was loving out of Todd Gurley was the effectiveness in the run game there was really no he did have
0: of- five targets though Todd Gurley which was a little which was kind of impressive actually I wasn't expecting a kind of receiving workload like that Ido Smith had three targets Brian Hill had two targets so from what I expected, I did expect them to use kind of like a by-committee approach for the running back receiving target portion of it with Gurley getting the primary load and carries.
1: But the rushing was fully Gurley, and, and I, I really like that. I mean, obviously there's a couple of carries. I mean, Ido had one, uh, Brian Hill had three, but it's that's fantastic. Like, Todd Gurley was getting the core bit of the work, and yeah, it's it's going to be a game where they're chasing from behind. So you're not going to see, like, you know, 17, 18, 20 touches uh, – but seeing 14 in a game where they're trailing the entire game, that's really good. I really like that, and I think he was running fairly efficiently. He had a four average, uh, but he put one in the end zone. I think this is going to kind of be the Gurley. I think sitting around that 13-point range for you in fantasy is fantastic. Where, where we were getting him in about the fourth round, that's what you want. I can consistently roll that out as my as my flex play, as my two, and feel pretty good about it. I think Todd Gurley is going to have a fairly consistent uh, place in this offense, and – Outside of Hayden Hurst, I I felt very confident in the Falcons uh, receiving Gore and Matt Ryan, and this is what we're going to see all year. It's very good.
0: Yep. To me, there was two ends of the spectrum with Gurley, because it's pretty very well documented that I was not a fan of Todd Gurley going into this year. And part of my reasoning was the low end of the spectrum being that they make it a committee to some degree, and they use Brian Hill and Edo Smith more than they probably should, which it doesn't look like that's the case, which is a good sign for people who did draft Gurley, but – My other end of it is how long does this last? Because Todd Gurley can get 14 carries all he wants, but I I don't believe in him over a full 16 games. We'll see how it goes. To me, I think if you're a Todd Gurley owner, you have kind of a ticking time bomb, to be honest, um, for how long that he's going to be an RB2 or whatever he ends up being for fantasy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking to sell Todd Gurley. That's just kind of me sticking to my initial analysis on Todd Gurley, but I very well could be wrong and he could be fine, but... I, he wouldn't have been good if he didn't get a touchdown in this game, which is also a big part of my yep. dislike for Todd Gurley because, I mean, 4.0 yards per carry is okay, I guess, but it's not, like, great either.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we bounce on to the next game, which was just – we have to touch on it because it existed and it happened, and we have to just say something on it. So let's, let's go ahead. Uh, the Bills roll the Jets. Yeah, the score, the final looked a little bit closer because the Jets kind of showed up in the back end of the game. Uh, but I mean, we went to half 21, three and the bills really had it handled. And Josh Allen looked at times incredible. And then at times was just being sloppy and, and kind very of very like,
0: sloppy. He had a couple, like that one pass that he tried to throw to Moss in the end zone with, in double coverage. He had two bad fumbles. Like,
1: and, and I don't know how much that was like a working place and we're it's the jets. It, we're going to get this win. Or if it was just, this is what we're going to expect. Cause it's what we saw in bits last year. Uh I hate to say that he kind of plays down to some competition. Sometimes the bills still get the win and they looked really good. Uh, Obviously the back half, the score does not really say it to me. I watched the majority of the game and it was just, it was really all bills and the jets kind of looked like a laughing stock. They started to throw some, some plays together at the end, but Darnold was not good. Uh, Just the one takeaway is, is Josh Allen was, he was sloppy. Uh, He had a lot of passing attempts.
0: 14 Uh,
1: carries. Yeah. He had, I mean, he was, he was their run game. I mean, we're, we're all talking about Zach Moss and Singletary, which one's going to be the core bit. Josh. Were Adams, both bad. Yeah. on the ground. Kind of rough.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the biggest takeaway in general from like an injury perspective is the fact that Le'Veon Bell left this game early with a hamstring injury. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I warned you guys, but like six, six for 14 yards before he left the game, he had uh, two receptions for 32 yards, which is pretty solid, but. I mean, Le'Veon Bell leaving the game early with a hamstring injury is not good. A hamstring injury on a running back is something that could linger. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely have to keep keep uh, an eye on the updates for that. But I have a feeling the, the Jets are going to be without Bell for a, a game or two. And then potentially if they try and rush him back, it could be more.
1: Yeah, that, that's going to be an issue. The Jets are just – I it's just stop. Stop going. Yeah, out- we don't
0: have to spend too much time on this game. Like Sam Darnold didn't have a good game – Like. I mean, that's probably to be expected. He plays for
1: Adam Gase. We'll touch on the the Bills receiving core because that is actually fantasy uh, relevant. Uh, Stephon Diggs, um, he had a pretty good game. He had good chunky yards and a good amount of receptions. That's what we want to see out of him. John Brown was the one that got in the end zone. Along with Zach Moss, he had a reception as well. Um, Him and Singletary both kind of actively involved in the receiving, uh, receiving game, which was important. I think both those two can definitely do it. Yeah. Seven
0: targets for Singletary and four targets for Moss. You definitely like to see that for both guys. I, I didn't really think Moss was going to be involved all that much to start off. I thought he was going to be more of like a
1: grinder type. That's fair. Uh, I just saw Zach Moss in Utah. He, he, he gets it done. I mean, he, it's not like sexy. It's not something where it's like, Oh my gosh, this guy needs to be the path catcher, but he gets it done. And we saw it in this game. He gets it done. Uh, that's what you're expecting out of him. If, if you're trying to find value in him, I think he finished with about 10 points of fantasy. I mean, it's definitely not startable. It's a great bench play, just absolutely pinched spot. Um, he's a good play. Uh, what I really liked is that John Brown came came to play too. It's it's not just Diggs showed up and and John Brown and and Beasley are like now disappeared. Beasley kind of faded away and lost a little bit of the receptions, but John Brown stepped up. He had six receptions, seventy yards, and he got a touchdown. I mean that that's fantastic. I think the touchdown game is going to be interesting because there still is. Uh, Josh Allen rushing ability, and they'll still go to Moss and Singletary in the red zone. Uh, but I think the we're going to see probably about two receiving touchdowns a game for this team consistently, and it's going to be between Diggs and Brown mainly, and, and Beasley may get one or two. Uh, but that's what I like to see out of Brown, keeping himself fantasy relevant. And he still exists. Go John Brown. Big stand.
0: Yeah, from the Jets' receiving uh, perspective, sell Jamison Crowder. If you got a good game out of Jamison Crowder, 13 targets, seven receptions, 115 yards and a touchdown. He oh, had sorry. a huge play, a 69-yard touchdown. Yeah. Um, if people think that Jamison Crowder is going to be like a wide receiver too this year, I mean, they might be right, but I'm not willing to take that risk on a bad offense. So if you can get good value for Jamison Crowder, I would try to sell him. Yeah, exactly. uh, Chris Herndon didn't have a good game statistically, but seven targets and six receptions. 37 yards in what is probably one of the worst tight end matchups in the league in the Buffalo Bills with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde manning the tight end position. That's a pretty good game from Chris Herndon. I actually expected him to be worse than this. So um, I'm not really concerned with Chris Herndon's performance at all. Um, yeah, nothing really else to take away from this game. On to the Bears versus the Lions. I think probably the biggest story from this game is the very end of it, where uh, rookie DeAndre Swift probably dropped the game winning touchdown.
1: Yeah. I think here's what you take away from it. If you're a veteran quarterback like Matthew Stafford is, it's gonna take a while for that relationship to get comfortable again. It just will. Um, it would take a while if if it's Marvin Jones dropping that ball, who he has a relationship. It would take a while if it was Kenny Galladay missing that. It's just what happens. Quarterbacks are fickle in those situations when it's a big play situation. It's gonna be hard for them to want to go back to you, and especially with a rookie. That does not look good for DeAndre Swift. That's what I'm seeing when I see that play happen. Sure, I prefer the Lions win that game. I kind of like the Lions, not that I'm a fan, but I want them to win that game. That hurts. You know what Matthew Stafford's thinking. You know he's not going to be put in that situation again, and that's really unfortunate for DeAndre Swift.
0: Yeah, um, from, the, uh, from the quarterback position, um, Stafford had an okay game. He had 24 for 42, 297, a touchdown and an interception not the greatest game out of Matthew Stafford it is a pretty tough defense to play, but uh, honestly, like Mitch Trubisky might've looked rough, but statistically actually had a very good game. And if you played him, I know he was kind of like a, uh, a sneaky DFS play. If you played him in like tournaments or whatever, 242 yards and three touchdowns. He definitely paid off from that perspective uh, from a cheap quarterback play. Uh, I think we'd be remiss not to mention uh, the freak of nature himself, Adrian Peterson, 14 carries 93 yards. Little. Six point six per carry at what is what he's 36 years old or something yeah, like that.
1: Like that's the thing that like that drop ball by Swift. It the opportunities are not gonna open up. Like this is something where we need to take the Adrian Peterson thing a little bit more seriously. I mean, we do because Carrion had seven, he had seven attempts, he had 14 yards. That's terrible. DeAndre Swift only got three attempts. Adrian Peterson was the guy they wanted to go to, and they kept going to him, and he was producing. This is serious. If if you See him on your waiver wire. This is a guy I'm pushing to go get. This is legitimate. They weren't given the ball. This is, to-
0: Matt Patricia doesn't care about our fantasy teams. And no. that's the scary thing with the De- DeAndre Swift dropping that ball too, is that Matt Patricia will probably punish him for that as well. Yes,
1: he will. Yes, he will. It's, it's dangerous. I, I don't, I, I, I hate the backfield right now. And in all honesty, I, I don't want to mess with it. But if I'm messing with it, I have to be honest. I'm going, I'm going to, to Peterson. I have to. Yeah, yeah, I, do, I
0: actually don't hate that call. Um, from the Bears' backfield perspective, David Montgomery, uh, 13 carries, even though he was, I mean, like, questionable coming into the game. Yeah, uh, He had a couple targets as well. Uh, Tariq Cohen, seven carries, 41 yards. Meh, kind of okay, I guess. Yards Tariq from- Cohen only had two targets, too, which, I mean, if you played Tariq Cohen thinking, oh, maybe David Montgomery's limited and they used Tariq Cohen more, probably not the greatest outing from him if you put him in your fantasy lineup.
1: Yeah, and happy, happy uh, Cordell Patterson is on the Bears' – um, it basically means he's going to get rushing carries. I I, I love the, the jet sweep is the funnest play in, in, in the NFL because they love giving it to wide receivers who have zero value to fantasy because um, that's Cordell Patterson. He had four rushing attempts, which doesn't really help. You got to also look at it like this. This team had six points going into the fourth quarter. I mean, they were trailing from behind. I mean, they're yeah. going to have to throw to win. So – I don't really know how much I value the, what I take out of the rushing situation. It sucks if you start, started a guy like Tariq Cohen or, or David Montgomery. Um, but what I, I think is most important to touch on is the Lions were missing someone, and it was obvious. I mean, they couldn't – Matthew Stafford couldn't find that one guy who was consistently ready to just pound and replace the Gallaudet role day was gone. It wasn't good. We saw Amendola had five five car, uh, five receptions, and that was pretty efficient, um, kind of surprising. Hawkinson had five for 56 in a touchdown. I love that. I kind of was expecting him and Marvin Jones to go off. Marvin Jones only had four receptions, 55 yards. I was expecting him to be the guy that filled in that void and did it quite well. I was expecting almost kind of what we saw out of Hopkins, but a little bit less today, around the 9-8, 10 reception mark. I mean, I I thought
0: he was going to get peppered and Quintus Cephas with 10
1: targets undrafted free agent receiver. Yeah. I I mean, he was really good out of Wisconsin. If a team was going to understand him, it was going to be a team from that division. uh, That's right around that area that kind of knows what Quinton Cephas was doing in Wisconsin. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this backfield. I mean Nice nice of-
0: game from TJ Hawkinson. though. five catches for uh, 56 yards and a touchdown. That's promising if you took a late shot on him, knowing that he got out to a good start, but I mean, I, he had a great week one last year and that didn't really work out to uh yeah. too well for him. If uh if Anthony Miller is on your waiver wire by the way, go get him because sure. uh six targets, four receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown, which is actually I believe the game-winning play um for that game. Um and uh yeah, it was Allen Robinson Obviously had a, a pretty solid game as well. Nine targets, five receptions, 74 yards. Didn't catch a touchdown, but he didn't kill you either. If you're any kind of PPR league, 12, 12 points or whatever is what he got you. And kind of what I expected to see from the, uh, the Bears receiving core was no one after those two guys. It was Miller and, and Robinson and, and no one else. Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown. If you want to yeah. mess around with Jimmy Graham, that's be my guess, but I'm not going to. Um, let's get off this game onto the other matchup between two NFC North teams. Uh, Packers 43 and Vikings 34. This was a kind of a barn burner to be honest. And surprise, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers was my. If you listen to our DFS show, I said play Aaron Rodgers in DFS because everyone is going to be playing Carson Wentz and he is the same price as Carson Wentz. And people are just going to kind of skip over him because Wentz has the Washington football team. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers 3, 32 for 44, 364, and four touchdowns,
1: yeah. It's a surprise. Guess what? Vikings don't have corners. Surprise. I mean, we, yep. we, said this, we said this at draft time. People were like, Vikings have two first-round picks, and you guys are mocking for them to get two corners. You guys are insane. You guys are idiots. Nice wide receiver you have there. I, you, you got blown up in the receiving game. I mean, it's just – this is what I kind of expected. Devontae Adams absolutely blew up.
0: Disgusting game. 17 targets, 14 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. If you were in a PPR league, he, he'd put over 35.
1: I mean, take take these notes. Take these notes, please. Falcons secondary, Vikings secondary, two secondaries. We predicted that draft time need to do drastic things to help their secondary really kind of didn't do it. I mean, you know, they add add one corner, like one core corner. It was not enough. We knew that was not enough. That was not going to fulfill the position. And both teams' secondaries got absolutely toasted. So, please, uh, I don't know who they play. I can look it up. But whoever the Falcons and Vikings play next week, if you can find a sneaky kind of candidate of a guy that can do some work, go, go get him. It's going to be big. Uh, That's a team where I would say down the road, start looking at week uh, 14, 15, 16, find the guys, the wide receivers that play those teams. I know that's bold because we're in week one, but like if you think your team is set and you need to make one move, go find corners, uh, go find wide receivers playing those teams because they're bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're not great. And um, you mentioned it, if you got some sneaky starts, Marquez Valdez Scanling, four receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, four receptions, 63 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard was kind of the guy that everyone predicted to be the number two receiver in this offense. And, um, if anyone's concerned with Aaron Jones, don't be, he had six targets and he had 16 carries. That's plenty of volume. This is a pass funnel defense. As we meant, the corners are bad. Like you don't run against the Vikings, you pass against them. So Aaron yep. Jones only having 4.1 yards per carry really saved his day with a touchdown at the end. But I mean, it doesn't really concern me because he had 22 opportunities to, to make plays in this game.
1: Yeah. And I think we kind of knew this going in the, the story was going to be the, the wide receiver course for both teams. Um, Adam Thielen was fantastic. I mean, this is what we expected. I thought his ADP was always just a little bit too low, yeah. uh, how well he was last year. And he did great. Went over 100, 110 specifically. He had two touchdowns. It was Kirk Cousins going to him in the most important times of the game. And he was fantastic. And this is what I expect. I didn't think Justin Jefferson was just going to instantly step on the field and become the Messiah for the Vikings offense. And that's kind of what happened. He only had two receptions. It was no one four- had
0: more than four targets on the Vikings other than Adam Thielen.
1: Yeah, Thielen's the guy. He, he is the guy. Um, Cook wasn't as involved in the, in the passing game as, as you want, which is sad.
0: Two touchdowns on the ground, though. Definitely can't complain about that.
1: I mean, that wins it, because otherwise, outside of those touchdowns, I mean, he was no better than, than David Montgomery today. I mean, he just wasn't.
0: Yeah, and um, the one, one thing of note that I think people would probably be kind of had a question mark going into this game, A.J. Dillon only had two carries. So, this is Aaron Jones backfield, which I expected it to be. I think AJ Dillon slowly edges out Jamal Williams as the season goes on, not Aaron Jones. I think this is, uh, there's been talks that Aaron Jones and the Vikings are going to be have, or in the the Packers are going to be kind of discussing contract terms and stuff. I think uh, AJ Dillon's just going to be like a short yardage back for this season. I think he's probably going to be more of a 2021 guy. So. That's just my prediction in week one. Who knows? He could come out next week and get 17 carries and I could look like an idiot, but.
1: Jeez, I mean, uh, what is it? Alan Lazard had, had a carry too. I mean, I, I love I love the deep um, depth chart rushing totals because I, I don't know. I wasn't really a believer in, in Dylan and that, that's kind of what happened. Um, I, I believed in him as a player. I just didn't believe in him for fantasy this year. So uh,
0: we're going to move on to the next game and this is a game I'll probably let you spearhead this because you probably watched every second of this game being that you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah, but uh, the Dolphins fall short of the Patriots and Cam Newton in his debut for the Patriots at twenty-one to eleven. Um, yeah, I'll let I'll let you get into this one from what you saw.
1: Yeah, so I really what I'll highlight first is I'm a Dolphin fan, so I'm gonna go right to our team. That's <laughs> magical. Terrible. I mean, he looked terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, he didn't look good. Three picks. This is it, it, three picks does not say it all because he just looked bad. I mean, it was an embarrassment. The rushing, the rushing backfield looked bad. The O line bad. It just the offense was not looking good, Um, and that that's just the sign of a better defense just taking advantage and a smart defense taking advantage of just a rough offense. It's what it is. Um, The biggest thing to note from this, if you want to take anything out of this game, Miles Gaskin had nine rushing attempts for 40 yards, and you may be like, that's not a huge stat line. That is Miles Gaskin was not even a projected. Sight. he was the third guy i thought was, he would gotten cut to be honest And we weren't expecting that at all we were like it's gonna be two guys and that's it miles gaskin oh he he's on the depth chart right yeah okay i mean jordan howard eight for seven that that's that's not a joke eight eight rushing attempts for say he was so ineffective uh in the game he had a rushing touchdown so if you want to sell him okay uh, it's it's gonna get you nowhere uh matt burrito had five rushing attempts he was more kind of we kind of figured he'd be more in Involved in the passing game, he, he wasn't. Uh, he was I'm not too. It was a joke, and it was Miles Gaskin getting it done. But he had four receptions too to go along with for 26 yards. I mean, that's a waiver wire steal. I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on the big names that are kind of floating around that people maybe didn't believe in. Miles Gaskin's a starting running back. He is the starter for this team, and it's not a question. Jordan Howard was completely outclassed by him. I don't even think Miles Gaskin's all that good. He's just a starting running back. Go get starters, right? Go chase Miles Gaskin. He's gonna find a team that's not the Patriots, in, in the next upcoming weeks, yeah,
0: it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be spending a two, like
1: a crazy amount of fab on him, but he's definitely worth a shot. He's under the radar. I doubt anyone's gonna realize that that he actually put up as much as he did. He he was the offense today. He really was because Preston didn't do much uh parker didn't do much both that under- yeah
0: that's uh, glad you bring that up parker left the game early with a hamstring injury so he had a hamstring injury going into this game and he was questionable and he retweaked it so that's yeah. not it, good if you spent a sixth round pick or whatever on on Devontae parker because that likely means he's going to be out
1: three to four weeks if i had to guess yeah and now we can actually bounce to the relevant stuff uh, from this game which was the patriots cam newton had 15 rushing attempts yep he's, he's healthy He's good to go. I mean, if and, he, and
0: Bill Belichick has him for one year and he's going to abuse the shit out of him
1: as a runner for that one year. Absolutely, And he got two rushing touchdowns in this. no passing, uh, passing, passing game was kind of ineffective on both sides, but that's what we were expecting. Both teams have been very solid secondaries. Um, Cam Newton really couldn't do much in the passing game, but it was just the rushing. The rushing abilities was fantastic. Sony Michelle had 10 rushing carries. Uh, we didn't really see it at of James white. He had five uh, kind of relatively ineffective, um, but he was, he was there in the receiving game. And it just wasn't a high offensive game. Uh, we can take a little out bit
0: of a slugfest. fest.
1: It it kind of was. And you just gotta take what you can out of it. And that's Cam Newton and Miles Gaskin. Those are the two guys that I am I'm okay with you trading for Cam Newton right now because I, I could genuinely see this being six, 15 more games of this. And at the end of the season, we may not see Cam Newton ever be startable again. Because pretty I, I pretty swear, he's be used.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I don't disagree there. Like, like you said, um, Julian Edelman had an okay game. I mean, five receptions, 57 yards and he had a carry for 23 yards. That's a solid game. You can't be disappointed with that. Um, yeah. Overall though, this was just a slug fest and I kind of expected it to be one because um, both teams were um, coming in a little bit cold, like, like all the teams in the NFL um, one thing that's worth noting though is that the the, the uh, Dolphins play the Bills next week and I kind of expect another bad outing for Brian Fitzpatrick again against that defense.
1: We might see two on week three, man, I if he's healthy. Cry. I can't. I, I was I kept yelling at my screen. I'm like, just, put, just put him in. But no, we cannot. We have to stick with this. Let him ride. It's not. It's not him paying his dues. It's him learning. I need him to learn, and I need him to not die against good defenses. We can't. We can't roll him out. Well, I just... he,
0: in week three, he plays the Jaguars, so he's definitely not playing a good defense in his first start
1: if he plays <laughs> week three. Whoa! Don't get me too excited. All right, <laughs> do you want to bounce to the next game? Yes. Because... Because this this one's fun, and you can can just gloat for this one here. I can
0: gloat for this one because, I mean, I've called the Eagles one of the most overrated teams in the league because everyone just says they're a Super Bowl contender every year, and they just get decimated by injuries. And that's not really their fault, but it just happens. The only person on their team that never gets injured is Zach Ertz, pretty much. So um, the Washington football team kind of trounced them 27-17 to on the back of Peyton frickin' Barber and his 17 carries for 29 yards. But he had two touchdowns. Um, I, I probably, I just want to start with, we're not going to talk about Washington too much. Dwayne Haskins kind of a pedestrian game, but, um, yeah. Antonio Gibson only getting nine carries, uh, for 36 yards, 4.0 yards per carry. And then he only had uh, two receptions. That's not good. Like with, with Peyton Barber as your only competition. I think I'm not worried about him being effective or not, because this was a bad matchup against the Eagles defense. Yeah. Well, I think you needed to see at least 15 touches out of the guy, I and mean, he only had 11 touches.
1: Yeah, the rushing game wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't. The Eagles, you don't run against. You just don't. Um, they have kind of a weaker secondary. Honestly, you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, how the hell did they win this game? And that's a great question. I think it's just the Eagles just pissing it they away. They
0: sacked Wentz eight times. That's they how they won to, this game.
1: They got to him bad. Lane Johnson not there uh, was is that contract distributions? I'm pretty sure, right?
0: No, he, he was hurt. And then Brandon Brooks has been out for the season. Andre Dillard's out for the season. Like, their O-line's already decimated. And Miles Sanders is hurt, too. So. Yeah.
1: It, you know what? I think watching this game, it made me kind of concerned for McLaurin. I think we're like, it's a garbage play. We know McLaurin will have to capitalize in the fourth quarters and stuff like that. Uh, he had five receptions for 61. But, I mean, I'm kicking myself the whole time watching. It's my first share of McLaurin. I didn't have any shares of him last year. To be year. fair, I though, I, I, I'm, I didn't
0: see any stats saying, well, he was shadowed by Darius Slay. But if he was, that's a, a respectable stat line against the shadow corner.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, I, I don't know. It's just value-wise. Seven targets,
0: though. I mean, Haskins only threw the ball, uh, what, 30 times? So, I Oh, mean, my
1: gosh. What? I'm sorry. I, I'm, I just – so, I'm currently watching the Dallas Rams game. They just showed the Rams stadium – from the outside. Oh my gosh. This game's gorgeous. Oh yeah. World. I'm sorry. Okay. Back to, back to the, back to the content.
0: Yes. Oh um, Boston Scott was the, um, the sexy name. Everyone asking start sick questions certainly had a lot about Boston Scott. I don't want to say I told you guys so, cause Danny had him ranked inside his top 15 and I was like, I have him as a mid RB three because yeah. I mean, what is, what has happened in Doug Peterson's backfield when Miles Sanders wasn't there a committee, right? Okay, well, Corey Clement got six carries, and Boston Scott got nine carries. And it was – I mean, they weren't – like, Carson went through the ball 42 times. Boston Scott only had two targets. Like, I kind of expected this, to be honest. I didn't think Boston Scott was going to be very good in this
1: game. Well, my expectation was this was going to be a game where they were just going to throw a bunch. And I thought Boston Scott was going to be involved in the receiving game. So, for everyone that I wrong – because I said Boston Scott in a lot of situations that I was was gifted on uh, Notorious's channel – I thought he was going to get a lot more receptions than the two we got. I'm going to be honest. I thought this was a game where he was going to get a lot of receptions, and that was going to be where his value is. I think the main thing that I have to talk about, and you just can't skip over it whatsoever, and I talked about it in the offseason a good bit, surprise, Dallas Goddard has gotten more increasing roles as the seasons have gone, and today he had five more receptions than Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz, that's scary. I can't. I mean, he was saved with a touchdown, but Goddard had a touchdown. He was over a hundred yards. He's the only receiver in this game over a hundred yards. The only
0: receiver has- over 55 yards.
1: Yeah. 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 The only one over 70. I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I got really excited at first when I saw Jalen Rager catch that bomb. I was like, oh man, it's Jalen Rager's season, but that was the only reception in the game. So I mean, I think we're going to have to wait a bit on Rager. He also is just coming off an injury. So maybe he was like, I I don't know what the snap share is off the top of my head, but I'm sure he played kind of like a limited uh, role in terms of snap counts because Deshaun uh, Jackson was on the field quite a bit. Obviously Greg Ward, seven targets was on the field quite a bit. And then uh, John Hightower, I saw get some run. He had four targets as well. So uh, I'm pretty sure they just kind of eased Rager in, in his first game coming off the injury. I don't think I'd be too concerned about him. I do think yep. he's worth a, uh, like a pickup if he's still on your waiver wire because I think he will be the number two receiver at, at worst in this offense um, yep. for the time being.
1: Biggest thing I want to take out of this before we jump to the next one is you have to respect the Redskins seven. Their front seven is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Chase Young looked every bit like the second overall pick he was. They're going to win games. And yeah. it showed they won it today. They're going to win games. That's going to be the core bit of their team. They're going to win games because of it. Riverboat Ron's going to fucking send all of them. I mean, those front, that front seven is going to do so much damage. And teams that are weak in the offensive line, I don't know if I want to start their offensive players. I think this has confirmed it. I don't want to mess with with players that um, – that, Reds- that can wreck your game. If you have a
0: defensive line – like we saw this with the Niners last year. The Niners were not projected to be a Super Bowl team last year coming into the season. And I don't think the Washington football team is a Super Bowl team. But it, would it shock me if they won seven games? No, it wouldn't because they have a defensive line that can get after you. And if you play a team that, like you yep. said, has a weak offensive line, which I would say the majority of teams in the NFL would be outmatched by uh, Washington's uh, defensive front, it's, it's concerning because it can ruin your game. And you, we saw that with Wentz. Wentz was never comfortable this whole game. No. Every drop back, he got sacked eight times.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh... We can jump on in the next game. That game was tough, uh, though, to watch, though. I I think Eagles jump out big, and then the Redskins kind of just slowly. I think we're just going to see that, is you can't just sit on this team because they're just going to slowly just creep back in. If you do, they don't really have a lot of offensive threats, but their defense is going to put them in good situations. They did today. They're going to put them in great situations all the way Haskins has to do is just manage. It, it, that's it. I mean, he's yeah. being asked to game manage and that's, that's what exactly we thought these next two quarterbacks would be forced to doing until we saw an absolute shootout and that's in the Raiders and Panthers game.
0: Yeah. So the Raiders come uh, come away with this one, 35 30, or 34, 30. Uh, Derek Carr was super efficient. I mean, as usually 22 for 30, 239 and touchdown Teddy Bridgewater also pretty efficient uh, two seventy in and touch for him um overall from this game the biggest takeaway in my opinion was the fact that Robbie Anderson w- seemed to be everywhere eight, tar- eight targets six receptions 115 yards and a touchdown 75 yard bomb and he also had a two-point conversion as well he seemed like Teddy's go-to guy from uh from a DJ Moore owner in multiple leagues I was frustrated watching this game
1: absolutely uh and you know what from a McCaffrey standard I have him up here for a reason he's won me leagues I couldn't have said I couldn't have predict this I mean you watched Teddy B last year what was it it was short passes and it was to Kamara that's what he leaned on and I should have I should have looked more into the fact that that's all the Saints really kind of have in a receiving core is Kamara and Michael Thomas on short routes and, and things like that I think this uh, is
0: one of the best like six or seven receiving cores in the league the Panthers
1: yeah they're good and they are they're more versatile than what we thought was just DJ Moore and, and McCaffrey. McCaffrey only had three receptions we were questioning fantasy twitter was all over they're like does Teddy B know that Christian McCaffrey can catch a football I mean that 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 was kind of making me a little livid and of course he's gonna get it done the rushing game uh the Raiders aren't really great at stopping the run 96 yards and 23 attempts so they they were holding him but but two touchdowns what he what he lived off of we thought we were gonna see this was a down
0: game for McCaffrey for what it's worth (laughs) like had like 25 points though
1: yeah, he had a bunch of points, so it's like, fuck. I mean, but this is still your number one pick. Don't panic. If someone offers you a shit trade and you're like, oh, I can get Josh Jacobs for him straight up. No, don't do it. I mean, just don't. Like, don't panic. I I, I would say for a McCaffrey owner, you picked him there for a reason. Uh, other things you can kind of take out of this, Teddy B was running the ball fairly efficiently. He had he had four uh, rushing attempts, 26 yards. The Raiders receiving core was pretty much all over the place. I don't really think there was a consistent guy. One thing I did like was Josh Jacobs getting four receptions. I'll hang on Six to that. targets. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think I think had Ruggs not – so um, in this game, Ruggs left, uh, I believe it was midway through the second quarter, and came back after the half about midway through the third quarter with what they're calling a knee injury. So yeah. I'm not exactly – like I don't think he tore his ACL, otherwise he wouldn't have come back
1: for extension when i watched it i was like you know that it's either that or it's an ankle and it it came out to be the knee so that's what i thought yeah i
0: don't think he even like sprained his mcl to be honest because i think he would have been out for the game had that happened so i think rugs will be okay he'll probably be kind of practicing in limited kind of uh fashion this week maybe he's questionable going into next week but i think he'll be all right and to be honest five targets and and uh two uh carries for henry rugs that's pretty solid for a rookie receiver he had uh sixty-six total yards and and seven opportunities. I, I don't hate that. I, I expected Ruggs to have a big game, but I think the injury kind of dampened that. We saw the big uh the big speed from him. He was tackled, I think, inside the 10 yard line on that big catch that he had. But yeah, um, Darren Waller, eight targets, six yard uh six receptions, forty five yards. I'm not concerned. Like to be honest. I think don't be. he still was the leading target on the team, which I expect. Um Carr just kind of just for whatever reason, they kind of just spread the ball out in this game. I don't really know how else to explain it.
1: Yeah, it's not like the Panthers are locking anyone down. Their secondary is really not good. Um, so, you know, it was just a situation where there was probably a lot of open guys every single play, and they're just rolling with whoever, you know, he sees first. And, yeah, I was, I'm was i fairly confident with Waller. I wouldn't be panicked. The one guy I'm not, though, uh, actually at all, I'm, I'm actually highly concerned, is Brian Edwards, who had one reception in this one. He had nine I actually yards. thought he'd be like
0: that guy every year that's the number one waiver priority pickup, like – after week one, I was like, I thought there was an outside shot that Brian Edwards just went nuts in this game. Yeah. It was like, like you said, I think the, the Panthers corners, and I believe Dante Jackson went down in this game too. It was there like, I mean, he was bad too, but he was like the only corner that anyone knew on their team. Yeah. And he went down, like, I thought the, like, Rugs and Edwards were just going to torch the Panthers corners in this game. That's not exactly how it shook out. It ended up being the Josh Jacobs show, but it yeah, really- Edwards, a little bit disappointing if you started him in tournaments in DFS, or if you... Uh, last minute flexed him when Miles Sanders was ruled out or something like that because we had a couple people doing that.
1: And what I'll say is uh, Derek Carr, I picked him up fairly confidently in a few leagues. As as like in Superflex leagues where I'm like, I think I could sell him fairly high after this week because I thought this was going to be a shootout, and it was, but it was not because Derek Carr was efficient. Uh, I mean, he was. He was efficient, but not because he was putting out a monster amount of fantasy points. And yeah, pardon. We're both watching the uh, the Cowboy Rams. Yeah,
0: I'm trying. I was trying to turn to it there, actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it, it, on NBC, that's a little plug. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's not. It's just a Derek Carr thing. I really thought he was going to put up a few more touchdowns. I think Josh Jacobs was just so damn efficient when it came into the red zone. Um, I think that's what I have to look at more. Is that Cam Akers' first reception? No, it's not. It's 17. Anyways, I'm, I'll stop being distracted. Very, very good game, uh, fantasy points-wise, but a lot more situation where guys were spreading out the ball. So we kind of thought a few guys were going to pop off. They didn't. A lot of guys kind of were able to get some chances. That's kind of what I take away from this game.
0: Yep. And uh, this <laughs> this next game uh, had a lot of people probably pulling their hair out for a couple for the first couple minutes. But I think the story of this game is what I've been saying all offseason, that Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. Um, like everyone who just expected this team to go fucking two and 14 and, and lose all these games. They have a good quarterback. When you have a good quarterback, you you're going to win four or five games. Even if your roster is terrible, which the Jags roster is terrible, but 27 to 20, they beat the Colts. Some uh, of some people who think the Colts are like some 12 win team and Gardner Minshew went 19 for 20, 173 yards and three touchdowns. I think the story of this game was just how efficient the offense was. Like James, uh, James Robinson wasn't very good on the ground. 16 carries, 62 yards, 3.9 per carry. I mean, DJ Chark only had three targets, which is a little concerning if you thought this was kind of a smash matchup, which I did think it was. He definitely saved your ass by uh, getting into the end zone. LaVisca Chennault, four targets, like Keelan Cole, five targets. There just wasn't a lot of pass attempts for Minshew in this game. They, they were just super efficient on offense, and that's just kind of how the game went.
1: Yeah, Robert Woods is eating to start this game. Yeah,
0: thank God, because I have him in my big money league, and I need a lot of points out of him.
1: Robert Woods is fantastic. Uh, You're not going to hear a preview of of us talking about this game. I mean, we'll try and talk a little bit about it as it goes, Uh, but Robert Woods, fantastic, Uh, fantastic player. Got another
0: ball just now.
1: (laughs) There you go. One thing that I wanted to point out, uh, there really wasn't a lot of options in Indy. I I thought we were going to see maybe one prominent target – I knew we were going to kind of get a mixed backfield, a mixed bag, but I thought it was going to be Mac and Taylor. So when I saw Mac go down, I'm like, all right, here we go. Jonathan Taylor won't take long. Here here he goes. And Let for what go. it's
0: worth, they believe that he tore his Achilles. I don't know if it's actually come out confirmed if he did or not, but that's what th- that's what they think happened. And if that's the case, man, holy shit is Jonathan Taylor going to be a league winner if that if that happens.
1: But here's the thing. Naheem Hines had seven carries. I don't but, care. I mean, yeah
0: – Here's why. Here's why I don't care. Yes, Jonathan Taylor had nine carries, only 22 yards. But Jonathan Taylor had six targets, six receptions, yeah. 67 yards, which I didn't expect from Jonathan Taylor. So if Jonathan Taylor's going to be involved in the passing game, I'm cool with it because obviously I expected Jonathan Taylor. Like if, if you told me Mack went down early in this game before it started, I would have been like, hey, Jonathan Taylor probably got 20 carries. Naheem Hines probably got all the third down work. No, like it was almost the opposite actually from what it seemed like. Because Naheem Hines was getting all the work inside the ten yard line.
1: And Naeem Hines had eight receptions as well. I, yeah. I I genuinely think this is going to be. Uh, and I thought this coming into the season. Uh, this is going to be a running back situation where there's just a there's just a good handful of options, and it, you're not limited. It's kind of like Cleveland, where it's like you can start Kareem Hunt and still feel good. That's your Naeem Hines. Your Nick Chubb that can catch is Jonathan Taylor, and I can roll with that. Um, that's, that's something I, I wanted to see is, is kind of how that shaped out. I wasn't real confident in playing Taylor. I did tell some people to play him because I thought he would get a touchdown in this one just because Jacksonville is a little weak uh, in the red zone. Obviously, their defense is just miserable. Um, but, yeah, we didn't really see that. And then in the passing game, we saw a very, very widespread amount of reception. Harris Campbell,
0: if he's on your waiver wire, is probably going to be one of the guys that Danny talks about tomorrow on the, uh, uh, the waiver wire targets uh, show. Because Paris Campbell had nine targets, six receptions, and seventy-one yards. That's pretty yep. good volume for someone like he out-targeted T.Y. Hilton, or he had the same amount of targets. Sorry, he out—he had more receptions and yards than him, though.
1: Yeah, um, and then on the on, on the other side of the ball, there was a there was an interesting situation. I would say, I mean, Levishka Chenault showed up. He had a touchdown. That was really great. Keenan Cole apparently is a, is a genuine option for this team. He had five receptions, forty-seven yards. He had a touchdown as well. Uh, D.J. Chark. Three for twenty-five touchdown saves his day. I mean, so I don't know what to think about that receiving core. And Rams are first and goal on the on the one-yard line, so there's a chance they push this in. But what do you think about the Jaguars' situation? It's Cam Akers. It's Cam Akers up the middle.
0: Thirty-four.
1: And- no, it
0: is Malcolm Brown. Classic week one. Malcolm Brown showing out. <laughs>
1: Malcolm Brown hawking touchdowns. Um, anyways, yeah, Jaguar receiving core. What do you pull value-wise from? Do you think Eifer – no, nah, I mean, the tight ends look terrible. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think Keelan Cole having the game he had is just a fluke, to be honest. If, if, if you're going to pick up anyone from this game, it's, it's LaVisca Chenault on your waiver wires. I, I don't think I'd be overly concerned about DJ Chark just yet because, I mean, Minshew only threw the ball 20 times, and it's not like they, um, they uh, blew the team out and ran the ball. like they, It was a good game script. I think it was just kind of fluky, the fact that they threw the ball 20 times. They were just kind of super efficient. They had a lot of big plays. Uh, where they got their points from. And they actually, when they got uh, turnovers, the Jags defense, they were in good field position, so they didn't have to go far. So I would say I wouldn't be too concerned with DJ Chark. I think he's still going to be the leading target on this team. Gotcha. The touchdown definitely saves his day, though, because he
1: would have had a bad game uh, yeah. if it wasn't for that touchdown. Well, Robinson got 16 carries. I think this was something we were going to see. Is, is Jacksonville's going to run the ball? They're going to do it. He, it
0: he's going to continue to be a guy that's going to be a popular start sit question week in and week out, James Robinson, because he's going to get volume. It's not good volume, but it's volume. So if he falls into the end zone uh, once every two weeks, he's probably going to be like a like a RB, or high-end RB3. So you can yeah. definitely start, James Robinson. We We basically – I think another thing that we didn't talk about yet is, is the fact that Chris Thompson didn't, wasn't really involved in the passing game at all.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think that was something we were going to see. And
0: I did too. I thought we were going to see like a six or seven target game from him, and he only had uh, two targets, I believe.
1: Yeah, and what we kind of have to look at is, is we're kind of analyzing the receiving core work. Then you only passed the ball 20 times. He went 19 for 20, which uh, – Yeah, that's wild. Applause. That's fantastic. And he had three touchdowns, uh, so there wasn't really much going on the rushing end. But this was a game that I wasn't expecting very much high scoring in. I thought the Colts were just going to kind of take it and then just sit on it. Um, But, yeah, Gardner looked really good. He really did. And I think if you want to take a Jacksonville player, I normally won't say this. I'll normally go for a running back or like a tight end or or a wide receiver. But go get Gardner. I think we could see this fairly consistently. The Colts have a good defense, and it just didn't come to play. Or or maybe Minshew just looked – it was just better.
0: Yeah. And Minshew, like from what we just saw, like it looks like he took that step forward, like in his career. Cause like Minshew was always like a garbage time quarterback last year. Last year it was like the Jags were getting killed and Minshew <laughs> threw the ball 40 times. And that's why he was good for fantasy. Yeah. This like, no, this year he did 20, 20 attempts. And he had three touchdowns. Uh, on those 20 attempts. So I, I definitely um, can't take away anything from uh, Minshew's performance other than he played really well. So on to the next game and this, it's gonna make Tyler laugh for sure. Um, I do, I know I've been kind of the Brown stan of the of the channel, but I expected this to happen too. Uh, Ravens thirty eight, Browns six. They got killed. Like this wasn't even close from the very beginning. Baker Mayfield, uh, very not good game. Twenty one for thirty nine, one hundred eighty nine yards, a touchdown, and a pretty bad pick as well. Um, on the ground, a uh, little surprising that Kareem Hunt had more carries than Nick
1: Chubb. To be honest, it isn't. Four out of six games last year, he had more carries than Kareem Hunt, than, than Nick Chubb. Uh, we've seen it before. And that's unfortunate. That's really not great.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's – that's and they paid Kareem Hunt, too. They gave him an extension. And to me, it almost signals more that it's going to be more of a 50-50 split.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, this, this was not a good situation for the Browns. They looked really bad. This was not a game we were expecting them to look good in. And, yeah, this, this – there you go. This is the result of when a really good team that's clean is crisp, plays well together, goes up against a team that's just kind of loose. They're yeah. loose. Their line is new head all-
0: coach too. Not a lot like a lot of new pieces. Uh, Jedrick Wills, the left tackle for the Browns, apparently went down for this in this game. Uh, I definitely monitor that situation if you have any Browns players because I mean their offensive line was the the sole reason, aside from Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield playing like shit, that they weren't good last year. So if their offensive line is dinged up already, that's probably not a good sign. Um, From the Ravens' perspective, Mark Ingram was bad in this game. Like, he didn't look good. He, like, he... I expected him to come out and just fucking pound the shit out of the Browns' defense. 10 carries for 29 yards. In a very favorable game script, he only got 10 carries. J.K. Dobbins, (laughs) seven carries, 22 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, J.K. Dobbins isn't going to be on any of your waiver wires, but, I mean, if you can... I don't want to say sell J.K. Dobbins because I think this is going to be a committee for as long as Mark Ingram is healthy. But, I mean, it's it's a little concerning for Mark Ingram's sake uh, that J.K. Dobbins had a good, efficient game. Not efficiency in terms of, like, average yards per carry, but just looked good and looked explosive, and Ingram did not.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's This This is just a odd off situation. I think the Browns' front seven isn't too bad. I think they kind of... They're going to do better against the run consistently throughout the year. Uh Markey's brown eight. Willie Sneed did his thing because apparently Willie Sneed still – Lamar
0: Jackson to... had nearly a perfect passer rating just for the yeah, record. He
1: was fantastic. And obviously you got to take into account that Lamar's going to run too, and he's going to be a little bit more efficient than the two backs. Uh, as far as the JK, Mark Ingram situation, I guess I'm going to have to come up with an answer soon because I'm going to sit and be asked this question probably consistently is who should I actually be rolling out there if you handcuffed him and you have both. I just don't know yet. Um, JK just got the touchdowns today. That's just sometimes just how it's going to roll. Maybe next week we may see Mark Ingram scores both of them, and JK puts up more yards. I mean, it's just back in – you just never know. It's a committee situation. It's tough right now. And I think think seeing this game, it may be a little bit harder for JK to kind of beat out Mark Ingram. I think we were kind of just expecting it to just happen. Uh, CSC, this is what happens when your team trades away Byron Jones. And you think you only need wide receivers and your line's bad. You're just going to get sacked. Sorry, Dak. Uh, Aaron Donald eats you up. But, yeah, this is just – the receiving core was very good. I think Marquise Brown put up a really, really good stat line. Uh, Mark Andrews did his thing. He had two touchdowns. Hashtag Mark Bingham in the end zone. It's just going to happen. Yep. As far as what you could take away from the Browns, you take away the Kareem Hunt situation, it's going to be a running team. They ran the ball 23 times in a situation where they really couldn't do much on offense. I don't chalk that up too much. I think it's just a bad. It's just a bad matchup. The Browns aren't going to beat the Ravens this year. They won't. They're going to get beat next week. Next time they play as well. It's just the powers of the Browns offense and the power of the Ravens defense and the power of the Ravens defense and the power of the Browns. They just don't match up. But, in the the,
0: the weird thing about this division too, the AFC North in general, is it's a complete dichotomy of like luck and like franchise like stability because you got the Steelers and Ravens, two of yeah. the most like not historic because the Ravens haven't been around that long, but in their existence, both of these franchises have been winners, well-run, like great teams. And then you have the Cincinnati Bungles, who we'll talk about in a second, blew their game, and the Cleveland Browns, who are probably two of the four foremost laughingstock franchises in the league, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And, and probably dead last in like the last two, as in the most la- biggest laughingstocks in the league. So yes. speaking of laughingstocks, um, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers laid a fucking egg against the, the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans 34, Tampa Brown. Bay 23.
1: You want to touch on the Browns receiving court just real quick just to see if there's any value? Uh, I, I, from- don't
0: think, I don't think I'm really taking too much away from it because it was a bad matchup. Like I, right. told, I told you to sit Odell and I told you to sit Jarvis because Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peter, like these guys are good corners. Like Don't fuck with them because they are good. That's basically my takeaway.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, so we'll jump with the Bucs game. I'll All right.
0: So the box game, um, Brady looked a little pissed off to be honest at his team, because I mean, the first interception that he threw, Mike Evans ran the wrong route. I'm certain of it. I saw it last year with Jameis Winston. He ran the wrong route and right away you could see him lips, like his lips talking or whatever to Brady on the sideline being like, I fucked up kind of thing. So yep. I, I, I don't chalk like the interceptions, like that was a bad throw. Um, or sorry, the second interception, that was just a bad throw. Like that was the, the pick six that Janoris Jenkins got. Um, yeah, but Brady, 239 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. He wasn't horrible for fantasy, pers- like from a fantasy perspective, he, he got a couple points, uh, if you started him. But, uh, the big story, in my opinion, from this whole game is the fact that when Bruce Arians said Ronald Jones is the starter of this team and Leonard Fournette, Shady McCoy, and these other guys are going to mix in when he's tired. He meant it 17 carries. And the second most carries on the team was Leonard Fournette with five. LaShawn McCoy did not get a single carry. And not only that, but Ronald Jones had three targets. Leonard Fournette had one target, and uh, LaShawn McCoy had one target. So, I mean, it wasn't even a great game script for the run, and he still got 17 carries for Ronald Jones. So, I know this was a terrible matchup, so the efficiency, I'm not really worried about the fact that he only had 3.9 yards per carry and stuff. But uh, I got it. it. The, the, the volume is there, and it, it's going to continue to be there. And I think even with Leonard Fournette, as he picks up the offense – and as he continues to go along, I still think Ronald Jones is the guy to own in this backfield.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take it on the chin. I am because I had zero confidence in Ronald Jones for shit. I was laughing at it. I was. I was like, ah, Fournette's there now, fuckers. Uh, I don't want Fournette anymore. I have him in a league where I was like, ooh, fourth, back of the fourth round value, ooh. And it was before he got moved out of Jacksonville. And that sucks because <laughs> yeah. It's a money league, so, you know, we'll take that one on the chin. I still uh, still took care of business in that league this week, though. Um, but, yeah, it's Ronald Jones' backfield, and I'm not even going to question it. It's the receiving core that I think is interesting. We knew Evans came in banged up. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't have – if you started Evans, that's your own fault, to be honest. Like, we, he had a hamstring injury in a bad matchup where he's being shattered by a corner who's historically had his number. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't have started Evans if you, like – Fringe, fringe guys like Jalen Rager, I would have started over uh, Mike Evans.
1: Yeah. What I want to talk about is like um, Scotty Miller stepping up and filling that role. Is that, is that going to be consistent? And then the other thing is OJ Howard and Rob Gronk. What's going on? Who's your tight end? I'm going to let you kind of just answer that one
0: though. Uh, that's what I expected to happen, to be honest. Because Gronk, um, primarily from what I saw, played primarily in line. And when Howard got targets and he got a touchdown in this game as well, he was split out or split into the slot. And that's what I expected them to do, to be honest, because that's how you use them effectively. Cause Gronk is the better blocker and Howard is more athletic in space because he's not 30 years old and coming off a bunch of injuries and stuff like that. So I, I do expect this to continue. I do think um, Gronkowski, and I've said this before, Gronkowski's value lies in red zone. If Gronk doesn't have a touchdown, he's going to have a bad week. And I think that's going to be consistent throughout the whole season. Whereas Howard might have a couple big plays that get it, uh, that kind of buoy his value. Um, Chris Godwin, no concern. Seven targets, six receptions, 79 yards. I mean, that's kind of what you expect out of Chris Godwin in a bad game when he has a bad game. That's about what his stat line is going to be. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Scotty Miller, five receptions for 73 yards. That's something to monitor. I think that was more so uh, um, uh, an effect of uh, Mike Evans being limited that uh, Scotty Miller was on the field more. So uh, let's move over to the Saints side. And this is a guy I expected to have a good game and Jared cook five receptions for 80 yards. He didn't get into the end zone, but he did have a solid game. He was going up against two, uh, the, the safeties on our team are the, the two weakest points of the, the roster probably uh, in rookie Antoine Winfield Jr. and, and um, Jordan Whitehead. So I did expect uh, Jared cook to have a good game. Alvin Kamara just fucking feasted in this game from not a efficiency perspective, but he was in the right place at the right time for touchdowns and he did do well as a receiver as well.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, completely agree I think one thing I have to tip my hat off to you you preached it all off season you were consistent on it you were like don't doubt it because it's going to be good um a team that was 30th in in passing defense last year via the stats on the tv um your cornerback crew looked really good they locked down Sanders uh Sanders kind of Carlton Davis clamped Michael Thomas like absolutely clamped him it was fantastic I think that's the biggest takeaway is you can't we used to be like, last year, we're like, okay, your running backs. are going to be iffy against the Bucs. There's going to be. I think we started seeing it at the back end of last year, and it proved to be showcased in this game today. I would be skeptical in starting your top receivers against this team. I would be.
0: Yeah, because the pass rush is great, too. And you saw that. Sue and, like, I mean, Vey, like had a bunch of bad penalties, but Sue was getting pressure. JPP was getting pressure. Like, Devin White looked like a man on fire out there. He was killing people and getting up and screaming in their face same with levante dave like they they're a good defense they're not the same cupcake bucks uh matchup that we know and love from dfs like players like myself i always played where's waldo who's on who's on vernon hargraves this week and he's gonna go off like that's not the same corner crew that we uh corner crew that we have in tampa anymore like they're they're a good defense and i wouldn't fuck with them too much if you can help it
1: Yeah, exactly. The final question I want to ask is um, the rushing game for the Saints. Uh, Latavius Murray had 15 rushing attempts and Kamara had 12. Is this a running back by committee? Should we even worry about that? Are we expecting Kamara to just get the receiving work and Murray's just going to have more of a rush? I
0: think it's a little bit of a game script thing because they were up. They were pretty up decisively from starting at like the midway through the third quarter. And I think – I don't know off the top of my head when Latavius Murray got the majority of his carries, but I'd imagine he got a lot of them salting the game away as the like – grinder back and i mean again from like alvin kamara going 12 carries for 16 yards this is the worst matchup for a running back in the nfl like it is like vea sue the two linebackers i mentioned like you can't run on this team and kamara got lucky with a rushing touchdown but the receiving work is what buoyed his stats and that's what's going to be the case for any running back that plays this team if they can't catch passes you don't you don't start them
1: yep fair enough um so, yeah, any other takeaways from that Bucs-Saints uh, game or do we want to bounce on to the, f- the one fun, fun, awesome game that I'm mad about, but, yeah.
0: Yes, and the Chargers and the Cincinnati Bungles. 16-13 to 13 for the Los Angeles Chargers in what was kind of a slugfest, to be honest. Uh, Tyrod Taylor being Tyrod Taylor. Kind of managed the game, 208 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I, people who were like, oh, yeah, just start Tyrod Taylor. He's going to – like, he has a great match. Like, I – I don't want to start a game manager like Tyrod Taylor. Like yeah, that's I think guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr have way more upside on a weekly basis than Tyrod Taylor. And those guys are game managers too.
1: So yeah, exactly. I think the
0: big takeaway from this game is the fact that Austin Eckler was like a, a zero in the receiving game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here's my thing. Eckler, Mixon, these are two guys. I was buying every bit of stock I could. I hang in the back of the rounds. You guys know me. I want my two running backs at the back end on the on the my first pick in my turn. I was going for Eckler. I was going for Mixon. Both combined, uh, combined for two receptions today, one per. Ha, ouch. I'm hurt. I'm seriously hurt. Why is Giovanni Bernard, what? When did he become existent again? That hurt. That cut like a knife. Eckler had 19 rushing attempts for 84 yards. He's effective when he's getting in the passing game too. You yes. got to be doing both. And it just wasn't happening. I was so lost as to what their plan was. I don't, it's not a different coach, is it? Like, I'm pretty sure the Chargers kept their same head coach. It's the same same coach. I'm not concerned. Like, people might be like,
0: oh man, Josh Kelly had 12 carries. Like, yes, if Josh Kelly's on your waiver wire, go pick him up because you might be able to start him in like a pinch. The fact that he got the like red zone work was a little concerning to me. Like Josh Kelly was pretty much in there most of the red zone uh, attempts. But Austin Eckler should not be getting 19 carries a game. And I say that as the guy who had Austin Eckler as his RB6 going into the season. Like, I think Austin Eckler needs to get Six, seven, eight targets a game and 14, 15 carries max. Like that's that's his sweet spot. That's the like area where you want to use Austin Eckler. And that's how they've always used Austin Eckler. So I'm really hoping this is just a fluke. I remember two years ago, Kareem Hunt had like zero targets the first two games of the season, and we all freaked out. Why isn't Patrick Mahomes throwing to Kareem Hunt? Alex Smith was the check down king. This feels a lot like this, like to be honest. This feels like Oh, man, because I know people are already going to say, oh, we saw Tyrod Taylor didn't check it down like Phillip Rivers. Like, I I kind of expect this to be a little bit of an anomaly, to be honest, in terms of Austin Eckler's uh, receiving work.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, One thing that was slightly surprising and happily surprising, we'll say, um, Joe Burrow ran the ball eight times, 46 yards. He had a touchdown. He had a big run of 20 yards to kind of be the core bit of that uh, yardage gain. Um, Big touchdown run for the only touchdown for the Bengals. No, 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 no. They, they missed an extra point. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. Interesting game. Uh, I would say from the Bengals end, I expected this. I was preaching to start the chargers defense. I thought there was going to be a lot of rookie mistakes on Burrow. In all honesty, he kind of kept it relatively clean. The offensive
0: uh, line didn't do him any favors. So it looked bad.
1: I, yeah, it, it was horrible. I mean, they got a lot of sacks. Joey Bosa was fantastic. Um, I slipped up. It, it was an extra point. It was two field goals. So it, I was reading an interception, not a touchdown. Um, yeah, he just looked uncomfortable, and that's really unfortunate because we saw that with Kyler Murray at times last year. Um, that's so
0: exactly you- how Kyler Murray looked like in his first game. To be honest, like is- the Kyler I- Murray had a big run against the Lions last year that kind of buoyed his fantasy day in that game. But from a throwing perspective, like to be and to be to Joe Burrow's credit, they should have won this game. Like from a real life NFL perspective, he got him down the field. And AJ Green made like a great catch in the end zone that would have won the game, but he got called for offensive pass uh, pass interference. And then their kicker pulled his hamstring on on the game-tying field goal and they lost. So, I mean, classic bungles, in my opinion, that's just what Cincinnati Bengals do. But Joe Burrow won them this game. Like he got, when it mattered most, he looked rattled most of the game, but when it mattered most, he got them down the field and it looked really good. I think it's very promising if you own Joe Burrow, knowing that this is one of the toughest matchups in the league. Like their their corners are legit. I don't care that Derwin James is out. Their secondary is still one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that's that's a very good thing to point out for this game. Uh the receiving core, there was a lot of spaced out balls. I think the Auden Tate hype <clears throat> coming in apparently was non-existent today. Um, Boyd only had four receptions, Uzama had four receptions, uh AJ Green had five, Giovanni Bernard had four. I mean, Ross had two. The ball was all over the place. I think yeah. that was his goal. And, yeah, there was a lot of situations where he was sacked, so kind of rough for him to even get the ball out. He'd give props to, to the Chargers' uh, offensive front uh, defensive front seven because it is really good. Bengals' line is terrible. We should expect this consistently. Uh, ball is going to be spread out because it's going to be Burrow doing a lot of back shoulder stuff and one foot because rookies will do that, especially under pressure. That's what I'd be expecting. It's, it's going to be a tough season for Burrow um but there was a lot of promise and i'll be honest he he played very well in this game even though the stat line kind of looks rough for him
0: i don't know if it's going to be a tough season for him i think he's going to i think he's going to bounce back i think he got his first welcome to the nfl moment when all of his receivers aren't open because they're getting clamped by chris harris jr and casey hayward so i think all these matchups that he has coming up when he has a good matchup i think he is going to be a smash play because i think we saw what he did with his legs he's got the rushing ability and he can throw the ball, and he can obviously – like, he obviously did. He fucking threw 60 touchdowns last year in college. But um, from the uh, the Chargers' receiving perspective, other than Austin Eckler, real quick, Mike Williams looked really good in this game, like, low-key. Like, he actually looked really good. Like, he made a really great – like, a couple really great catches. One, A couple of them didn't count. But yeah. in terms of, like, like that one catch he would have had in the end zone where he had, like, one hand on it, like, that would have been an
1: excellent play. He had about two sideline catches that, that would have been fantastic that were one-handed. He looked – fantastic his yeah. adp was was horrible people were getting him at an absolute premium just a great like kind of eight point kind of guy i think he could really turn the page and be more than that again a couple breaks his way where he has a little bit more room he could have put up a monster game today and people would be like mike williams is a guy i want to be targeting go target him I, he's gonna be cheap yeah. we're talking
0: uh, no- about a 20 like a 24 25 year old receiver that put up his first thousand yard season last year too like i know he wasn't like efficient or anything. He only had like two touchdowns or three touchdowns last year, but man, this this guy had 20, he had a thousand yards as a 24 year old last year. Like he could just be taking that ascension that we all like want for all of our receivers to take. And he could break into that like 1200 yard receiver range. Like it wouldn't totally shock me. The guy was top 10 pick for a reason. Like he obviously has talent. So yeah. um off getting off this game. Let's talk uh, quickly about the last game on the slate, which was the Cardinals and 49ers. Ah, uh, this game had some concerns um, due to like air quality or whatever coming into the game. The Arizona yeah. Cardinals twenty-four to twenty over the reigning NFC champions. Yeah, I didn't. I expect the the Forty Nine ers to take a step back this year. I, I've been saying that. I didn't expect the Cardinals to come out and beat them Week One. But I do expect good. the Cardinals to be a feisty team this year. Maybe compete for a seven-six uh, seed in the NFC.
1: Yeah, they're going to cause problems. This team yep. is built to cause problems. Their offense looks great here's my little victory lap because 14 receptions for deandre hopkins when all i was hearing was new wide receivers don't do good in their first year it's deandre hopkins i don't give a shit about that take because it just it doesn't click when he's the best receiver in the league in my eyes because michael thomas is a joke um
0: jones is the best receiver in the league in my opinion but deandre hopkins is in the top three
1: wait who'd you say uh julio jones uh okay yeah yeah that's fair but he's definitely top three He's going to a new team. He looked fantastic, and Murray was looking for him. Murray really wasn't looking at anyone else. There was two receivers in this game because you can give Fitzgerald a little nod because he had four receptions as well, but the ball was going to Hopkins. It was. Kenyon Drake really wasn't involved. Christian Kirk wasn't involved. There's there's one receiver on this team, and he's going to get peppered. He is going to get peppered. So, DeAndre Hopkins, bye, please. I know it it may be pie, the people riding him – probably have him at a good value but I mean this is a team that had a very 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 good uh cornerback crew they're kind of facing good defense good pass rush everything is good on their defensive end for the 49ers I wasn't expecting Hopkins to actually do well in this game I thought this was going to be okay I'm just going to sit and tell people you know, look wait for next week and then he's going to pop off he did fantastic he didn't get in the end zone he didn't need to he was great he got all your receptions you needed Kyler Murray looked really really good and very good running the ball and speaking of rushing, we got to talk Edmonds and, and Drake. I think they're both going to be involved in, in the backfield, even though there was kind of a large discrepancy between the two um, when it came to rushing. And I'll give you the floor here because I just ramble for a really long time.
0: Yeah, that was my take, to be honest. I said this going back to, like, May, that Kenyon Drake is a good player and he's, like, assault. Like, and I didn't hate him in fantasy. I I, did, I wasn't drafting a whole lot of him because I thought he was kind of a landmine, a little bit Damian williams from – um, a couple of years ago, but uh, Chase Edmonds is going to be involved. And I think he's going to be, I don't want to say he's going to be a flex play every week, but if it's a really good matchup, he's going to be a flex play. And he's also a great handcuff because we've seen when the starter is out of this backfield that they're willing to cha- give Chase Edmonds all the work. So yeah, Chase Edmonds needs to be owned. If he's not owned in your league, he you'd definitely want to pick him up. Um, from the 49ers perspective, Raheem Mostert, like, went bonkers in this game from a receiving perspective, especially, which is a little surprising because I've actually used the words Raheem Mostert is not a good receiving back.
1: Yeah, I think he just capitalized off a couple of good plays for him and me of mm-hmm. four receptions. Uh, but it did lead the team in receptions tied with Kittle. Uh, I think we were – we probably should have expected this. In all honesty, we had um, – Debo looked, was rough with injuries – uh, Ayuk was rough with injuries. Um, neither of them played today. We should have expected a receiving course. Someone was going to do it. We probably were all thinking McKinnon. Um, he had some work as well. Three receptions, twenty yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but yeah, Raheem Mostert ran wild. That's what won you your league. Uh, that, that's what won you your matchups. If you if you put him in your lineup, you trusted him. I threw him in a in a flex spot in the team where I had a lot of good depth at my running back position, so I wasn't going to play him. Um, but I did, and it, it works out. As far as quarterback play, Jimmy G looked really bad, but at the same time, his stat line doesn't. Welcome to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Kyler Murray, although his stats look worse than than Garoppolo's, looked much better, like much better.
0: Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that uh, George Kittle did suffer like a hyperextension or something in his knee by the looks of it and um, understandably so had a bad game. I, I think he kind of just got to say, oh, shit, like he – he got hurt. Like, I don't think he would have had a bad game had he been healthy the whole time. I think he would. Like, this is the Cardinals we're talking about. The de- the defense that Tyler, if he had a tight end position next to his name, would have put up a, a tight end one week last year. So I think this is still a good defense to attack for tight ends. But the fact that Kittle got hurt definitely hurt him in this. And, I mean, as far as receiving goes, don't go chasing Kendrick Bourne. Like, seriously. Like, there's no one I want to start in this receiving core, ever. Like, no. unless Debo Samuel comes back or Brandon Ayuk comes back, I don't want anyone.
1: And Debo's not going to for at least two more weeks. They put him on the IR. Um, so, yeah, it's a rough situation. But the main thing –
0: McKinnon is worth noting. If he is on your waiver wire, I might go pick him up as well because he had five targets, three receptions, 20 yards, and a, and a touchdown. A couple carries as well. I don't expect him to be, like, super, super involved. But as long as these receivers are out, I do think he's a guy in an emergency situation. I would have started Jarek McKinnon today over Boston Scott. yeah. And that might sound like a hot take or with like I'm using hindsight or whatever, but no, like I actually would have because I didn't think Boston Scott was getting all the work.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Do we want to, let's go ahead and touch on the Monday games. I think at the Cardinal game, the main thing is DeAndre Hopkins was fucking mad against a really good defense. I think that's just the biggest thing you'd take from that. And Kyler's legit. Um, We could talk to these Monday games. We're currently watching the Cowboys games, but maybe we'll touch on that real quick. Rams are up. They look really, really good. Uh, The Cowboys kind of struggling to start Uh, the line looks very much rough and the defense is letting up a lot of yards, but we'll, we'll,
0: well, Bobby trees has five targets in the first quarter, like at the end of the first quarter, like the second quarter just started and, and Robert Woods already has five targets and four receptions, 65.
1: Yards. Uh, so Steelers and giants play on uh, today. Cause it's coming out today, uh, Monday, obviously um, Steelers and giants play tonight. What are you kind of expecting out of that? Um, I think it's going to be a tough, tough, tough road for the giants all game.
0: I think they're going to get killed personally. Yeah. I think if, unless you have Evan Ingram or Saquon Barkley, you sit all the receivers in this game for the giants, because one, we don't know who to start have the receiving core when we, when it's a good matchup. And this is absolutely not a good matchup. You have TJ Watt and Bud Dupree against two rookie tackles for the giants. That is not going to end well. It's probably going to mean five, six, seven sacks for the, the Steelers defense. You can fire them up by the way. And, um, a couple, probably a couple forced fumbles, maybe a pick or two, like this is probably going to be an ugly one for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree. Um, I don't really know if I see the Steelers kind of running them offensively, but I think this is a game where we're going to see. It might only be
0: 15 to like seven or something, but like I think the Steelers are going to have like a defensive touchdown or like, like they might just like not, like they might be finding their footing on offense, but the Giants, I don't expect them to get much going at all, including Saquon too.
1: Yeah, I think Saquon will struggle, in all honesty. Um, yeah. I think they're just going to be pinched, and they're going to get to a point where they just got to pass, and that's going to be a bad situation when that's, when that's it. Yep. I think what you can take out of this is Tuesday morning or maybe Monday night, maybe not Monday night. The-
0: Vanderhesh is already hurt. Unfortunate for him, but, I mean, that's kind of been the story of his career already, to be honest.
1: So, um, Monday, what you can kind of expect um, – don't do it Monday night because it, it makes it sounds like you're trying to take the advantage of this, the sad sad giant fan or whatever. Whoever in your league has Barkley and, and these kind of guys. Um, but kind of look for a cheapened price on some of these Giants players because it's going to be a really rough Let me run. ask
0: you something right now. Would, Go ahead. After this game, would you flip Josh Jacobs for Saquon Barkley?
1: If I could, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I could, I would. I'd do it quick.
0: I think I would too. But I- I'm wondering if the Saquon owner would actually do that.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, you'd have to find someone who's kind of in a rough spot. Maybe you'd have to throw on sweeteners. I think it's just going to happen. Yeah, uh, there's just a difference. But Josh Jacobs, we've talked a lot. I think about we're going
0: to expect this from a weekly base. Like I actually think this is going to happen a lot because people that were saying Josh Jacobs wasn't going to get the receiving work because of Devonte Booker and like Phil Riddick, like half of the, one half those guys didn't even make the team. One of them got traded to the Dolphins. They're like. Josh Jacobs is the guy in this offense. Like he was going to be the guy and betting on super talented players, the most elusive player in PFF history, according to their uh, things, as a rookie last year is not, it's never going to end well. Like betting on really good players doesn't end well usually. So the fact that a lot of people were off Josh Jacobs at his price, I, I didn't really get it to be honest. Cause I'm like, why are you betting on such a great player? Yeah. And it was always the first thing of their arguments. It was always, well, I don't really like betting on really good players, but it's like Lynn Bowden's there. It's like, what the hell are you talking about?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Steelers, any guy you want to mention there or do we want to jump to the next game?
0: I think Deontay Johnson's a smash play because according to PFF, um, James Bradbury is going to be on Juju Smith and Logan Ryan is their other like decent corner. Who's got slot corner. So I would say if Juju's not in the slot, then, um, uh, James Washington will be on, on James Bradbury. So Isaac Yadam is the projected start uh, matchup for uh, Deontay Johnson, and he's going to kill him.
1: Yeah, I think the best game of, of Monday by far, because I really think that Steelers Giants game is just going to cool. be a slog fest. It's it's not going to be fun. Um, the Titans and Broncos, I think it's a really fun game. I think we get to see uh, Judy kind of take. Uh, I, think gonna, I think
0: he's going to. I think he's going to blow up the screen. I think like, I think he's actually going to come out like because this is the dude. Like let's not forget that Jerry Judy. Yes, he's a rookie receiver, and yes, there was no preseason. And I said this in my sleepers video that went bonkers. Thank you guys again for all the support on that video. But this was the most pro ready receiver in the draft. Like this dude was a pro receiver as a freshman. Like he was polished. He was that, who was that? that Zeke? Zeke. (laughs) Yeah, Zeke just ran uh, receiving touchdown. He's pulling his shirt up, classic Zeke. Anyway, (laughs) Jerry Judy with Cortland Sutton, if he's limited, if Cortland Sutton's limited or out, I expect Jerry Judy to go nuts in this
1: game. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what we're going to expect. A limited role at best. Um, I think Derrick Henry is going to go pretty pretty insane. I think the two quarterbacks are going to do their jobs. Uh, this is going to be a really fun one to watch fantasy wise. It's unfortunate that that's the late game, but it is. Um, I I want.
0: I'm really curious to see how my John or Smith take turns out in Week One. Because yeah. Bear- I, he was my guy. Like at the at the tight end position, he's the dude I own everywhere. He's the dude I like. I have him ranked as a, I had him ranked as a top eight tight end going into the year. Yep. I think Janu is like, if he if he's bad, it's not a great matchup against the Broncos defense. But I want to see him at least get like six or seven
1: targets. Yeah, uh, the Titans. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, I completely lost my AJ
0: Brown's going to go off by the way because AJ Boye is not is not shadowing him. And he's yep. going to see a lot of, uh, I believe, Deontay Harris is his primary matchup. And he's not a terrible corner, Deontay Harris, but A.J. Brown's a stud. So he's probably going to kill him.
1: So the Titans have uh, very, very good run stuff. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the Lindsey uh, Gordon situation. I think that's a situation where it's like, maybe not judge it, maybe not decide who's the, the guy you want in fantasy this, this week. I, the receiving
0: I, I, is what I'm curious to see. If Lindsey gets seven targets and Gordon gets one, I'm going to be concerned. If it's the other way around, that's kind of what I expected.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what we're going to be looking at. Um, bunch of fun matchups. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this video. Uh, smash the like for the boys.
0: Yep. And, uh, make sure you guys are joining the discord. It's, it's popping like usual, um, comment, any of your thoughts down below, leave it like, even if you like, don't even want to comment, just leave. I don't want to comment on your stupid videos down there because you know what? It helps us for SEO purposes. So, uh, thank you for your, your hateful comments about um, certain things that I got wrong because I'm sure I got a lot of things wrong. And if you drafted Austin Eckler because of me, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that he only got one target. It's not my fault. Anyway, uh, subscribe to the channel if you guys are new um, and hit the bell icon because we post videos pretty much every day. Uh, take it easy, guys, and enjoy your Monday. Okay.